Chops TV. You will be chopped. Know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. New thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. Welcome to Chops TV, Chops and J-Lo with you, and we have the privilege of just going to see the movie and then coming right back and recording the podcast. So this week we're going to jump right into it because it's fresh in our minds. We didn't even talk about it in the car ride home. We saw Jennifer Lawrence's new movie, No Hard Feelings. You, once again, were more excited about it. I feel like you just make me go to movies at this point. Uh, J-Lo's here, by the way, everybody. Jesus, you will never... You're never going to do it. You're never just going to be like, oh, I'm Chops, and then introduce me immediately after. You're never going to. Is that what I'm supposed to do? I mean, before you do a cold open, you could at least like say, also, Jen's here. Well, it already says Chops featuring J-Lo you know, in the starting part, so I figure it's kind of implied. I don't give a shit about the starting part. It's not like you're a special guest that like we have to like introduce to the crowd. I am a goddamn special guest. Every day, I'm a special guest. In my life? Yeah. That's what it is? Okay. Guest starring. Emmy nominated for a guest starring appearance. You're not nominated. Sure I am. Okay. We'll go with that. So, you were more excited for No Hard Feelings than I was. I was. And so, we went and saw it. So, you have the floor. Was it boring? I think that's fair. Oh. I don't know. It the problem for me was that it's definitely not a two hour romp. No, that and that I think that's what I was looking for was a two hour romp because that's how they market it. They market it as a two hour romp. What did I say as we were headed to the theater? I was like, basically, the feel I get of this movie is they just kind of threw Jennifer Lawrence down a hill and filmed it. Yeah, and then I said, yeah, they threw her into a wood chipper, and then put the camera on her. And said, I'm going to make a million dollars. A million dollars is not a lot of money for a movie. <laughs> that'd, be really, that'd be really bad if they only made a million dollars. I think opening weekend, they were slightly better than maybe expected, but not exactly on track to make a ton of money with it. Um, yeah, I think boring is a good way to put it. I think there's probably one or two too many like serious felt moments yeah it's like that's not this movie that's not what that's not what the plot they set up really leads us to believe yeah. like I, I don't I don't care about it. like it needs to just be completely yes, zany like there are not enough antics for my liking yeah it's you know even like I'm thinking of this movie I think was going a little bit for like the late 90s trend of kind of the boner, gross-out comedy stuff. So I'm thinking American Pie. I'm thinking Fairly Brothers. And, like, so you kind of get a combination of both of those where it's sort of like it's there's something about Mary kind of mixed with American Pie because you got a high school and, a, you know, a late 20-something. So you mix those mm-hmm. two stories together. But there's not enough characters to carry the comedy. And yes. even the characters that do exist, Jennifer Lawrence is kind of carrying all of that weight. and. Mm-hmm. As a physical comedian, she's okay, but she's not. She's not Jim Carrey or something I mean, like that. I thought she did really it. good, though. She's very funny. I think she did. Good. I mean, she was the funniest part of the movie. Yeah. That's for sure. Matthew Broderick probably could have been funnier, but the the parents aren't in the movie very much. Mm-hmm. The kid isn't that funny. No, but I don't think. He, I mean, he does have some comedic moments. I think 
think no, I think he is funny. His like mannerisms are very are were were chuckle. Yeah, but chuckle like worthy. that's just awkward teenager stuff. How far is that really going to get you in the movie? I don't know. Awkward teenager stuff is the entire premise of Superbad. So how far does that get you in the movie? Well, yeah, but the writing in Superbad is I know, way I, better. I know. Plus the improv is way better. I know. know. Something I think these kinds of movies now my like my like premier version of that kitty's in here she's eating her bone leave her alone let her eat the stick bone it's gonna make noise the whole she's time she's fine they know we have a dog she's okay right you don't mind do you all right listener? our dog might be making noise the entire time listen she's got her bone she's happy leave her alone jesus what's she ever do? anyway so my like my premier movie of this caliber or in this genre is Wedding Crashers because it does like the antic. It does like the the really kind of gross humor sometimes too. But then it does have like a couple of those like deeper emotional moments. But in those deeper emotional moments, there's always like a punchline still. You know what I mean? So it's not only being carried by like the conflict. Right. It's a comedy. The, yeah, these were a little too serious. Like, we're at one point for Jennifer Lawrence's character, uh, Maddie, we're supposed to like feel for her. Like, dad is like kind of a deadbeat, and well, he's not a deadbeat. I guess he just left them because he's they're the second family right. in his life. But like, we're supposed to like feel bad for that, and like you do, but like at the same time, it's like that's not really what I'm here for in this for movie. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it was trying to give more like the breakup. Where, like, you think it's going to be, like, haha, funny breakup movie. And then it's, like, oh, no, this is emotionally traumatizing for these people who are going through this breakup. Well, and that's also something with... I mean, if you've seen the trailer, you understand the premise that these rich kids' parents are kind of helicopter parents are giving away a car so that their son has somebody to date before he goes off to college. Date. In the fall. Hard. Date him hard is what Matthew Broderick. Ferris Bueller's in it. I was just about to say, um, originally I thought we were going to get that it was like Ferris Bueller canon. Like that's how they were playing it off, right? No, I don't think so at all. Like the first line that he says, I'm like, Ferris? Is this fair? Are we like tongue in cheek? This is Ferris Bueller growing well, up? Well, at that point he should have been giving away a, a red a Ferrari. Because mm-hmm. that would be, but that was Cameron's car, not Ferris. And it was actually Cameron's dad's car. I know, but that would have been fun. Yes, but okay. So you get the <laughs> you get the plot of the movie, and then you interrupt me, and I kind of lost Sorry. my train of thought. About... Oh my god, the dog, me. What else is it today? <laughs> so you you go into the movie with this expectation of what we're what we think we were getting, and you don't quite get that. But it does still lean hard into like the physical, the physical comedy and the kind of like pain stuff for for Jennifer Lawrence a lot. And then there's not really much else to it. It's too emotional for something that j- you're just not that you don't care enough, I, yeah. in my opinion, to care about the emotional beats for these characters. And then there's 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 too much time in between jokes at certain points. That overall, I liked your assertion. Boring. It's not bad but it would definitely if it went straight to streaming it would not pass the phone test for sure you would start looking at your twitter and pulling for up something sure else. yes 
And that stinks because you were hoping that maybe this could be a, a saver for, you know, the R-rated, adult-oriented comedy. Yes. That's the other thing, too. Yes, it earns its R rating technically. There's enough swearing. Jennifer Lawrence does like a full frontal nude scene, which is like almost more. It's definitely not sexy. It's like graphic. It yeah. actually reminded me of Barbarian because she's so aggressive <laughs> in the moment. And that's the way yeah. like it's dark and it's, it's lit from weird angles and she's fully nude. And so it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, but it's not. I mean, kudos to her for having the courage to film that yeah. scene, but it's, yeah, it doesn't come off as sexy, but my point is minor tweaks and this movie could have been PG 13 and really not have felt that different. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. So it's not going to save the R rated comedy for people. Kitty, what do you think? No comment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as soon as I put the mic down, she stopped chomping on her stick. I was hoping to get some good, like a mukbang. If you're chewing on her stick. But then she was interested in the microphone more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I wish I had more to say about it. Kind of boring. But there were some good laughs in there. Like what? <sighs> like what? I don't know. It's hard with comedy. It's like, especially right after watching it, I kind of have to let it sit a little bit in order to, like, remember what I thought were the funny parts. I don't think that's fair to be, like... Tell a joke, clown. What I'm saying is I don't find it very memorable. There is no... No, that's There is that's no a good fucking point. pie scene. There is no... You know, also with something about Mary and, you know, and the other one I mentioned, there is no zipping his junk in his zipper. There's... They uh, they put the kid on the, the hood of the car. That, one, that part was funny. eventually they put her on the yes. hood of the car. The, the nude scene on the beach was funny. The car scene was funny. The... Let's see what else was funny. Did we like Kyle Mooney? His turn is not enough. Yeah, there wasn't enough for it to be like for the joke to pay off. I think. Well, that's where it goes back to like there's something about Mary is like then you get you get introduced to this cast of characters in the first half of the movie and then they're all meeting up and doing weird things because there's something about Mary. Whereas like that's what we needed a little bit more of like this kid being at the center of it and getting pulled in different directions by people who have weird motives for trying to in maybe their head protect him or help him in mm -hmm. some sort of way and you had the characters there but they didn't actually do it enough yeah i think her friends at the bar would be good supporting characters to have more comedic moments i really like that uh what's his name macarthur that guy is uh scott macarthur mm. he's good yeah and he had some funny lines in there but they, you know they're just sparsely in between the movie, they show up. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I think that the... Um, what was the one part? Oh, where she's at the high school. She's at the high school party. And she, like, doesn't get the high school culture now. That was funny. I thought it was funny, but I also remember those jokes 10 years ago in 21 Jump Street. And I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. It, like wearing the backpack on one shoulder. It's like, no, that's bad for your back. Well, remember then when he hits the kid and they, they do a joke about it, yeah. a gay kid, and then she gets in trouble for making a joke that seems homophobic, and then they pull out their phones and they're filming her. So I thought it was maybe a, a slight evolution on that with like the TikTok and Instagram Live aspect of it, but they <laughs> do still didn't, they didn't feel like wholly original jokes. Yeah. It feels like I've seen this commentary on 
old person at high school party yeah. stuff. I did think it was funny when the parents were there. And yeah. we're telling her not to be there. And then she's like, you shouldn't be here. And then she's like opening all the doors. And every time they're just like kids on their phone. She's like, does someone fuck anymore? Yeah. So, I mean, they're, yeah. that was actually probably the funniest scene in the movie. Yeah. I think overall there might be individual laughs that were better. But that way I had good beats throughout. Mm-hmm. I understood it. I like the lead into it where he goes, I love Vermouth. Yeah. <laughs> just drinking Vermouth. Like, yeah. That's good stuff, but they had already kind of done that joke where he didn't like the the Long Island iced tea. Yeah, I think ultimately it's just um, like a vehicle for Jennifer Lawrence to like show off her comedic chops a little bit, but there's nothing to, there's like no meat to the movie as far as comedy goes. Yeah, and then it's a double coming of age story. Yeah, <laughs> double come. <It's laughs> sure. Uh, where, you know, the, the kid grows up and Jennifer Lawrence grows up and moves on with her life. Mm-hmm. And the true villain of all of it, rich people who move into communities and <laughs> raise Gent- the property taxes. Is it still gentrification if they were also white, though? I don't know if gentrification is the right word, but infiltration, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Typical. So- Eat the rich. So yeah, it, it's disappointing because I don't think this one's going to save the the studio comedy back in theaters. I, I think the trend is going to continue to be that they're going to rely on streaming for those releases in the future. They're going to keep booking people for big deals. You know, Will Ferrell has had a, a couple of movies show up on streaming in recent memory. Adam Sandler signed the big deal with Netflix and has done a number of movies for them. And I think that's what we're going to do. Before the movie, we got some trailers and I, I don't think the Talking Dog movie yeah, is going to save this either. What the fuck was that? Have it, you not seen that trailer yet? No. Oh, yeah. And it, like, so I was telling you, it, like, had me in the first half. But then it lost me in the second. And I don't know exactly why, but it just turned into, like, like I don't even know how to describe it. Anyone who's seen the trailer... See if you agree with me because, like, I was like, oh, this is a funny premise. And then it's like, what the fuck? Well, it's, <laughs> it's just like too much. It's almost like, why not just make it a cartoon at that point? If you're going to have the talking dogs, just make yeah. an adult cartoon. But it's probably hard to sell an adult cartoon for a thing. But talking dog movies aren't for adults either. So what's yeah. the point of making an R rated talking dog movie? Yeah. Like, the novelty's there, and it's funny for a moment. But, like, am I really going to go watch that for 100 minutes? Right. Will right. Ferrell saying bad words as a dog? Yeah, and then getting, like, kicked out of a burning house. I'm trying to remember what happened at the end of that trailer. They, I have no idea, but I felt like I watched the well, whole they, movie, They though. did mushrooms, and then they started oh, to turn into different forms. Turned, okay, and I fucking, I'm starting to really hate that shit. That... Oh, we're going to do the wild, crazy shrooms, and then we're all going to become... Different animation styles, essentially. Yes, inside the film. I hate that. It's so fucking stupid. I've it never... was funny once. Yeah. Twice, even. I've never taken shrooms, but I just don't think that that is the experience. And I don't know how we figured out what that experience was and then totally went in, in like the well, wrong direction. I think it's just an impossible experience to actually like put on film. So they go with 
the closest approximation they but can they come up don't. with, which is like just people see things differently than what is the reality of what's there. And again, that's really hard to put on film. So the easiest way to do that is to change the style of how you're presenting what's on the screen. But it's dumb. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think that's what has led us to got there. But it's a tired joke at this point. Yeah. It's not something that we need in a I think, another movie. Yeah, if you people can hallucinate situations and stuff like that. I just again haven't done it before, but I'm not sure if the sky is turning into liquid rainbow candy and it's dripping on your face as turning you into stardust or some bullshit like that it's all like hyper neon colors all around you back to no hard feelings oh right do we believe the situation enough i think it's fine with the parents and everything like okay i don't understand i guess it's like they their grandpa passed away or the matthew broderick's character's dad passed away and so they have his car and so that's why they give up the Buick. It just seems like the people are too rich for a Buick Regal to be I'm, like. I'm fine with it to be explained away by helicopter parenting. Yeah, but I'm, wouldn't I'm they fine just pay? Wouldn't they just put a cash reward out there? Yeah, maybe. But that seems more like, I hate to say it, but like prostitution in a way. This is more of like a barter. Like I a give barter you, for prostitution? Yes, like you give me service, I give you good. Which is an exchange of which you still would i mean nah, i'll tell you I what don't i don't know. believe is when she does get the buick and this is even before she fixes it up because she gets the money to pay her property taxes before she fixes it up she made sixteen thousand dollars in yes. a few weeks like the last half of summer yeah that's in that buick that, i know there's a lot of there's probably a lot of demand for you know ubers in montauk in the summer I don't know if they get a surge price or what, but $16,000 in like a month and a half at most, it's that. At most, yeah. it's like six weeks. Yeah, that's what I was going to... If if there's anything unrealistic, it is the it is the resolution of that conflict for her. There's no fucking way those itty-bitty little teen girls are getting into that Buick. That's another thing, In the yeah. state that it's in. She has to bungee cord the door closed. There's no way people are taking that uber ride and she's like harassing them to get yeah. in like you got yeah. just get in the car l honey that was too loud you scared kitty oh i'm sorry kitty Ooh, it was very loud here on the on you're the gonna have too. to do the thing with the edit and the volume with that you do okay speaking of just getting the car l jacob elordi is going to be elvis yeah and i hope that because it's like female centric because like she was like 12 and a half when they met and like got married or whatever um I hope that it's more focused on like the the female experience of like being attached to Elvis and like falling in love with this like larger than life guy and getting swept up in a romance and then it turning into something that you weren't expecting to and sort of like a bit of a tragic way, but not like a not like a date older guy porn you know what i mean well that's the that's one more funny thing about no hard feelings is like like i said with a few tweaks it could be pg-13 if you cut down on some of the physical humor and you change kind of the tone of it just slightly maybe that's even as simple as color grading it is kind of a horror movie like almost that a was, thriller in in a sense. That was so funny actually where she's like stalking him at his workplace and then they do the cut where she like steps into the frame off the side, but her back is to yeah. us, and it is more like horror. That was really funny. And that one they play up for the 
the laughs of, oh, he thinks he's being kidnapped and everything. Yeah. Which, fine, whatever. But the, the when they go to the beach, that's also could easily be turned into a scary situation. Yeah. Somebody brings you onto a, a, an empty beach and is like, take your clothes off and come into the water with me. Get in the fucking water. <laughs> so overall, well, I, I would say probably even more disappointing for you because you had higher hopes. I know. I, I was disappointing for me. I had my suspicions that it wasn't going to be good, but I do want there to be more comedies in the theater. I would say that none of the laughs were quite big enough for like a, the whole theater laughed loudly at the same time. Yeah. Everybody was chuckling here and there, but there was not like a, whoa, look at that moment. Everybody goes, ah. Wowie wooey. We didn't hear any wowie wooies. No wowie wooies. Or, or, um, I was gonna do. <laughs> I was gonna do the horse laugh from Disenchantment. <laughs> there's there's a animated show on Netflix which we don't have anymore because we have your parents' account, but we can't get it because Netflix blocked us out of it. We need to get a VPN for my parents' house. Yeah. So that we can pretend to be on on their Wi-Fi and <laughs> the Netflix will never know. Are we in France? No. We're just an hour away and we can't use their fucking Netflix. Anyway, there's a horse that takes a laughing potion. And it laughs. And it laughs that it's not it's not even a potion, it's a shampoo that makes oh, that makes yeah, animals laugh. It is a shampoo. Okay. I guess that wasn't super funny after after I told that. So overall I feel disappointed in the fact that I can't really recommend going to see No Hard Feelings in theaters, which is yeah. going to hurt the idea of getting more movies like it in theaters, which stinks. So are there some hard feelings? Yeah, they could have done a better job. Yeah, okay. Okay. A movie that did do a good job, and this is kind of our first one going over something that's a little bit older, but huge tie-in. We ended up going to where the movie was filmed uh, this Nebraska. past weekend. No. Oh, too far. You're right. Was it heaven? No. It was Iowa. Jen and I went to the Field of Dreams, and then we watched Field of Dreams. Yeah. The From the standpoint of going there, they've done a really good job of just like keeping it look like how it did in the movie. It really does feel like small town attraction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For as popular as that movie is, I think it's just far enough off the beaten path to be like, the world's biggest peach or something still. You know what I mean? It kind of has that feel like you're out of nowhere. It's just there. I think they know that, yeah, people are either going to stop because they're just in the area, which is more or less what happens with us. My grandparents' town is 30 minutes to an hour away from there. It's not very far. So we were able to stop off coming back from there this weekend. And the other people that would go there really want to go there and actually probably prefer it to look more like the movies correct yeah i think it was if it was like too cheapy hokey i think it would turn the people who like really care about the film off or like charged for everything they just want a donation at the as you enter on the gift shop's not cheap but whatever (laughs) make your make your money however you want it Mm -hmm. in that way so there's a gift shop and a concession stand but the house and the little bleachers they built and the field they're all there. Which, I, considering how everything else is priced in the film, the fact that um, James Earl Jones says that it's 
$20, you'll say, oh, it's only $20 per person to get in. Meanwhile, they're paying seven bucks for two beers and two hot dogs at Fenway. I thought the same thing, too. I was like, man, he's throwing out $20 a person. Yeah, That's they will make crazy. their money back yeah. real quickly. So, yeah, I thought that that was a, a bit much. We only gave $20 as a car right. to go in. And, yeah. and there were four of us, so... Yeah, I enjoyed that it also wasn't like Instagramified. Mm-hmm. That like yeah. we took pictures of ourselves and there's like a sign that says if you build it, all that kind of stuff. But there wasn't like a line for for one little area. There were some people waiting around to get their opportunity to take a few swings at home plate and maybe you know it was still a Sunday late morning, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so you'd think there'd be people there, but it was cool how there were like baseball kids. Oh yeah, who, the the tournament was in town and. Mm-hmm. They were playing at a different field, but the championship game was going to be at the Field of Dreams, which, which is, is pretty cool. Sick! That is so sick. Yeah, that'd be a really cool place to play. And so, if you make that championship game, pretty cool memory. One of the little baseball kids threw me a few, few pitches. I, I connected. You sure did. I you got aluminum it. on ball. You hit a little line drive shortstop. Yeah, and then I ran around the bases, and my legs are still sore because. <laughs> I don't run very often. Rumor has it, they're still sore to this day. So then we were like, well, let's just watch the movie. A movie that you seem to have thought you fully saw it. I've definitely seen it on TV before, but I I had a rule against Kevin Costner for a while. And I think I'm softening on it, and I think he's going to be allowed. I'm I've, interested. What's the rule? Well, I've now watched Draft Day. That one was more of a joke. Field of Dreams. I was like, well, I've been there now. Let's really sit down and watch Draft it. Draft Day is a very serious film. No, it's not. It's not serious at all. It, serious people did not make that movie. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Field of Dreams. Well, right now we're talking about Kevin Costner. And the reason... <laughs> The reason that I had a problem with Kevin Costner is mm-hmm. one time when I was in high school, I watched Waterworld at one of my friend's house, and it's horrible, and I hated it, and I said, I'm never going to get that time back, so Kevin Costner, you're never getting any of my time again. Was that his fault, though? I mean, kind of. He was the star but of that's, this huge budget oh, movie. Oh, that's a cop-out, though. Who else was I supposed to blame? I don't know. The director of the film? Let's see. Who directed Waterworld? I mean, it really doesn't... I just don't think it's Kevin Costner's fault. It was a Kevin. Kevin Reynolds. Yeah, fuck that guy then. And co-written by Peter Rader and David Tui. Sure. So. Fuck those... Fuck them too. But... But Kevin... Top build cast, Kevin Costner. He was there for a paycheck. You'll do a lot of stuff for a paycheck, Mark. Am I supposed to hate you for it? No, but I don't force you to spend hours you of your sure life. You sure do. You sure do. All right. So we watched Field of Dreams. I really liked it, actually. I understand that some people think it's like a little too sappy, and it definitely is, but I think it knows it at the same time. Yeah, for sure. It knows what it's doing. I So we were talking about it, and it seemed like I remembered the first part of the film, the first beginning part, building the field, blah, 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 in Iowa, blacked out for the middle portion, but then remember the end. Where they're actually playing, and we all know that, like, oh, hey, hey Dad, want to have a catch? Like, we all know that part and everything. But, yeah, that middle part where, like, I knew James Earl Jones was in it. I didn't quite remember how he exactly got into the story. Yeah, because I, like, knew he, he did the speech at the end, and... Then yeah. there's book bannings that remind them of who James Earl Jones is. And 
That was kind of weird. That seems like, man, shit don't change. <laughs> for, for for real. Uh, they're you know, still going through that kind of stuff. But yeah, so then he goes to Boston, and that's where I was like, man, I didn't know this part at all. I didn't even know they went to Fenway. Like, that was that was news to me. And then all of a sudden, they're on a little road trip together, going back to Minnesota. Oh, that Minnesota? Absolutely zero recollection of that part. Then he goes back in time. It. And then he time traveled. It yeah. gets actually a little confusing at points with like, if you try to think about it too much, that's oh, one of yeah. those where like, just accept the mysticism of it all. But we were talking about it today that like, so wait, did James Earl Jones die in Boston and he was traveling with a ghost or did he die in Iowa and he... Is his body in the cornfield? Because he or, disappears as he walks into yeah, the cornfield. Or is he genuinely going to um, come back and write a book? I, I don't know. Because he's missing, according to, I guess, his son. They, they don't quite say who he, sh- he says he should call. But he says he should call somebody yeah. when he finds out he's missing. I think they say it is his son. Either way. But then he um, does say, what am I going to say? So does he ever make the phone call? I don't know, because Kevin Costner leaves the room. And you could also presume, because he's missing, not because they went into his apartment and he's not there. Mm-hmm. He's not answering phone calls. So he could be dead in his apartment and Kevin Costner is traveling with this ghost. And then they pick up another ghost. It's kind of a horror movie from that sense. <laughs> All these movies are I want no movies. hard feelings and feel the dreams to be recut into horror movies. <laughs> yeah, but I really liked it. Um it did feel much more like a spiritual journey um, this time around. Maybe when you're a kid, the stuff that sticks out is the, you know, the baseball field and mm-hmm. the, you know, that moment where they walk out of the corn and, you know, all that stuff really is sort of like ingrained into your brain. And then the, the higher concept stuff sort of, you know, escapes you at that age. But it's really good. And I don't consider myself to be an overtly spiritual person. But there is something to being, well, one, watching the film and him having that moment where he's like, sell. And he's like, don't sell, Ray. But then also being at the field of dreams. There is like a mysticism or like like some sort of magic in the air. Like the energy is like palpable. And you're like, wow. And and then you see the American flag blowing in the wind and the corn. And then you see the MOB lights in the background. You're like, could you imagine it being dark in the atmosphere and the people and the baseball and America? And it you makes know? you want to go out there and line up at home plate and try to hit a few balls and then yeah. have a catch with your dad, which I got to do there. I also threw the ball back and forth with you a little bit yeah. as it also, well. It kind of makes you want to punch a Nazi, you know what I mean? And say, this is for America, and it's for freedom also. You want to take God, this outside, Beulah? Yeah, and God damn it, baseball. You know, that's what that's what that gives you. That's what the being at the Field of Dreams brings. Um, we mentioned the, the Nazi stuff, it, like in the movie where that's what she calls Beulah. Also, the brother-in-law... They really wash over him, like, kind of throwing their daughter off the bleachers. I know it's Uh, sort of an accident, but he was lifting her up and didn't place her down safe enough. So then she's choking to death. Yeah. The water doesn't stink. You're choking to death. (laughs) So the doctor comes out and saves her. But then they're like, then then that's real enough because the doctor comes out. So then the brother-in-law, Mark. Marks are always bad guys in movies, aren't they? Mm-hmm. It's because it's with a K. I'm yeah. with a C, so I'm safe. I was safe. just about to say, you're with a C. We're good. 
Um, but then he can, so then you can see the baseball players and then they're like, ha you idiot. Now you can see him. It's a weird day for you. Ha-ha. And it's like, yeah, he almost just like killed your daughter. Yeah. If I were, I would. And he was trying to steal your farm from you. Yeah. I would have picked up that bat, bludgeoned him over the head and buried him in the field. I don't know if you need to go that far, but maybe like. Field of death. He would have been dead. Maybe be mad at him and say, get out of here. See, we told you, you should have believed us. But no, they're just like, ha yeah, that was fun. How she almost died. Well, I was expecting at some point for him to, like, believe, I guess. And I guess he does when the doctor comes out. But I don't know. Maybe I was expecting, like, the, the I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm interested to see, like, what would happen when the other people came. Because why did they come, right? Was it just, like, a spiritual calling, like, they received? Or, you know what I mean? It's very interesting. I didn't like how the little girl said people would go on a trip to Iowa City and decide it wasn't cool enough for their vacation and then just want, basically wander to the field of <laughs> dreams. I think Iowa City's a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet cool you place. also like watching paint dry. But um, maybe it's more of a... Because here... Okay, I think here's what I'm trying to say. I thought at some point Kevin Costner was going to do like the big speech or whatever that... You know, it's all about like faith and stuff, and then having enough faith lets you see the players on the field. Almost like in a in a sense, I mean, you'd have to like completely rewrite it. But like, was it going to be something where his daughter and his wife had enough of that belief, and he was kind of so beaten down with about his relationship with his father and stuff that he didn't believe it? And yeah, maybe needed to get to that. That's, I guess, I mean, it would have to go a, a different direction. For that to work, or if he was able to convince an amount of people, because they never, at the end, the cars are all showing up, and you presume that they're going to be able to charge however much for a head and mm-hmm. and make money off of it and save their farm. But he's not actually trying to do that at any point, even though the whole time after they once they build it, and they lose that amount of crop and their savings to build it, mm-hmm. they're in dire straits money wise. Yeah, and he's never. They never do anything to monetize the field at all. No, not even having like... They don't even test how many people can see it. They learn that yeah. the brother-in-law can't see it and the, the mother and the... The sister. I guess that would be the sister-in-law. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, that they can't see it. And then they're like, well, I guess nobody else can see it. It's like... But know, they also could have just been like having games. Like why didn't they encourage the town with the kids to like have a baseball team? And like play baseball on the field because everybody thinks he's a, he's kooky now. I know. What would you do if I came inside one day and said, "I heard it out in the trees. We have to something crazy." Well, first of all, I would take the half-empty bottle of Rumplemans and pour <laughs> it down the drain. It's only half empty. Yeah, that's all it takes. So then I would put you to bed and give and say, "Shut shut sh- sh- the fuck up." And then when you woke up, you were still doing it. I'd probably call your parents and say, I think we have a problem here. That's a problem. You can't call Ray's parents. That's true. Okay. I guess then you would go straight to Arkham Asylum. You'd just send me off? I I mean... You wouldn't even let me build the thing? Like I just said, I'm not a very spiritual person. We have, we're to, not... build, we have to build a race car, a yeah. goat car track. <laughs> In the middle of Lincoln Village. Yes. It's I hear it. I think I think what they're saying I have to build is a go-kart track. Yeah, no. 
We don't have the capital for that anyway. There's already. We just have to build. I don't really the... even like go-karts. Could you build something else? What What are the voices telling you to build? I mean, who is the voice to? You know what I mean? Like, is it like a... It's kind of unclear who the voice is. Yeah. Who is the voice? Is it always supposed to be... Is this just supposed um, to be like God? Because presumably that's where the players are coming from. From heaven, because at the end he finds out that but I don't if know, you build it, they... he will come is referring to his father. And so it's not his father's voice telling him to do it. It doesn't seem, because they're also confused if it's heaven or not. So I don't think that they've been to heaven. I think that they're all caught in some kind of limbo. Like purgatory. Right, because they are all unfulfilled and all of them have like some connections to this game, right? Yeah, there's unfortunately an Iowa joke somewhere in there, but I'm not going to tell it and i'm not gonna let you tell it so we're just gonna leave it at that <laughs> yeah i did hear a lot about corn this weekend i will say did you learn a lot about corn i um um elbow deep by the 14th it's knee high by the 4th of july which i don't know if they're gonna make it out it's there the same sentiment um <laughs> well they, they might be elbow height if you like bent down and put your hand on the ground and It'd be elbow if height. you laid flat on your belly, they might be elbow high. That was one thing missing. It's been very dry out there, and it's still relatively earlier in mm-hmm. the season. So the corn was not tall enough to really, you, you couldn't, I mean, you're allowed to go out there, but you wouldn't get the feeling of like walking out mm-hmm. of the corn or anything like that when we were there. Yeah. But I, and then that does remind me like watching the MLB game, that first one, White Sox, Yankee, Yankees, and watching them all walk out of the corn. It's like so it like gives you chills. You know what I mean? And even not having had seen the movie for that long, it there's something about it. We're like I don't know if it's like part of the MLB or because it is such a like a quote unquote remote tourist destination, <laughs> but like it doesn't feel cheap in any way and it doesn't feel tainted or like it's a cash cow or something. It just feels like a genuine love of like this game and this thing and this like history it's very like very emotional i don't know why but i I don't know why i think part of it is the the i think for some people it doesn't work but for us the sappiness of the movie is fine that's the kind of movie it's supposed to be so totally sold bought in Mm. on all that want to have a catch at the end is definitely like a yeah that's a great little moment that you get there and you know father-son type relations and all that stuff and the fact that it's still there, and that's where they yeah. went. And play. They didn't try to like recreate some sort of Field of Dreams thing in Chicago. They went to where it is, and it's still there, and you can go there and see it. Yeah, and, and you can play. It. I mean, they have they have like a little bin, and it's they got, want you to play. Yes, it's got baseballs and gloves and bats, and they're like, yeah, have a have a swing, have a game, blah blah blah, do whatever. Yeah, it's not meant. It's not a muse. The house is kind of museum fied museumified <laughs> um and they they charge for that tour but the field does not have a glass case around it does not even have a fence around it no. there's the backstop still but yeah you're encouraged to go out there they want people out there to experience it from you know like like your Ray Liotta as Shoeless Joe Jackson yeah. out there on the field and saying well let's let's give it a shot it's good stuff <laughs> the, the guy who wanted to play like we didn't like him when he was alive so he said screw off it was Ty Cobb, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, I will say this: like it felt 
obviously like there's a sense of like 90s nostalgia but it's a pg movie but they don't like hold back as far as like jokes go or language goes or like even tone goes and i think that's something that's missing from a lot of kids movies now it's like just because there are kids movies doesn't mean that we have to it doesn't have to be childish. Like it's a yeah. very and the PG thirteen rating was. I knew it was introduced in the eighties, but it was introduced in nineteen eighty four, and this came out in like eighty eight, eighty nine, yeah, eighty nine, yeah. Um, so it was it existed, and I mean they say the word asshole at yeah. one point, which I I feel like I can now say yeah. if it's in a PG movie that's a family oriented movie that everybody would agree is, I think I should be allowed to say it on the radio. So maybe I'll try that. I think you should <laughs> just just throw it out there and be like, but they said it in Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. And see how that goes for me. Yeah, that'll go well. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried. I'm about not it. worried about it. I'm not worried about a thing. Second, I think you should leave reference of the day. One more thing uh, that I noticed in the movie. I noticed it especially in the scene where he kind of goes back in time, and then he ends up following uh, uh, the Doctor Moonlight mm. Graham into his office, and he's talking. And there's something about that scene and going back in time. But, like, he doesn't know he's going back in time until he, like, discovers it. That felt, like, straight from the page because it's based on a book. Yeah. There was something about the way that was set up that, like, I could see how this is is written and how you would be reading it and visualizing this stuff. So, it might just be really good, you know, adapting of the source material or it might just be that the book was written really well and so it was easy to to put it out there. But there was Mm -hmm. something about it that... Made me feel like, oh, I can totally see how this is written on a page. Yeah. I think maybe we lingered a little bit too long in that part. But, I mean, the payoff is is great with, like, the wish and then him, you know, reenacting, like, him hitting the ball and then him doing the wink. So. Yeah. And then when, yeah, they pick up the kid and he, yeah. he, he says he's Archie Graham, right? Yeah. yeah and then you're yeah. like, ah, there it is. That's, that's what's going on. Yeah. So, I like Field of Dreams. I like it in person. I like it on the screen. Yeah, I like it too. I think it's a great, great experience, great film. Um, Iowa is real. <laughs> yes. I, was, I wasn't convinced until I went there. And what's on the other side of the Mississippi River when you're up north? The Wisconsin. Yeah. What about when you're further south? Illinois. Correct. See, you're getting it. And then the Mississippi, big river. Big, big, big river. Did you think it was going to be smaller? I don't know what about it. When you said that it really is like just like the border of the entire eastern state of Iowa, um, I I don't know why that didn't click in my head that then the river would be that big. Because it's like you could see the river and you could cross the river, but it's so big yeah and, and it's a border the whole way down not just iowa no, no state is yeah on that's list. what i mean so every time he kept crossing in a different spot i'd be like oh well what river is this They're, you're like the mississippi river we and only like, crossed it still we only crossed it once and but, then well, but and when then we once would on drive, the way back yeah but we would drive along it or something mm. it felt like we were going all different directions i don't know i'm a city girl i don't know where i'm going but every time i saw a body water they're like it's the mississippi jen and I'm like, fucking sorry. I don't know where I am. I didn't check with my uncle, but I'm pretty sure his sheep didn't blow away in that storm either. So we're They good. had sheep. His uncle have sheep. You know why? So he doesn't have to mow his lawn. He just <laughs> has multiple sheep. 
He mows the main part of his lawn, but then he's he's on the big hill, and so then there's a fence. And if it's, you need, it's not something that would be safe for a person to trek around all the time. So he has sheep that, that eat it, and but he's keep not it a farmer. Manicured. If you're not a farmer and your lawn is big enough that you need sheep to eat it. That might be too much fucking lawn. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a woman of little means and I like my patch of grass and my one tree out in front of my house on my block in New York City. I don't know. Maybe I have a fetish for concrete, but that just seems like too much lawn. He should build a baseball field on the side of that hill. Probably or something. How about that view from up there, though? Incredible. Yeah. Imagine the sunrise. That's what I mean, though. Like, you can see the the river from his house, and you can see, like, there was a storm. So you can see the storm moving, because you can just see for miles. For miles. It's incredible. Maybe I should travel more. Maybe I should just go west. There's a lot of land out west that's just kind of wide open, but starts to look good. And it stinks because... That part of Iowa, which is really cool, is situated between the flat part of Iowa on the west side of the state and Nebraska and the beginnings of the Dakotas and stuff like that. And then the other side is Illinois and Indiana. And so the whole ride from Ohio to Iowa is kind of desolate and flat and Mm -hmm. ugly. But that lasts like two hours after we cross. And so then we're, yeah, like you said, we're like going like up the Mississippi River. So we're like hugging that border the whole time. It's really cool. Nice yeah, and hilly. Yeah, very nice, hilly. Farms look beautiful. Farms. And I feel like if I was if I was a little German girl going in to see what the America was about, that's what I would think that America is. That's the heartland. Yeah. That in fucking wasteland, Arizona. Fuck Arizona. So instead of going to see No Hard Feelings, go and watch Field of Dreams again. It's on Peacock right now if you have Peacock. If I wanted to go to Arizona, I might as well just go to Mars. It's like the same fucking thing. Yeah, you're not a big fan of Arizona. No, I'm not. Well, next week we'll see. It's so orange. My least favorite color. Next week we'll see if you're a big fan of The Bear Season 2 and the newest season of Black Mirror, which we're going to... Black Mirror, we're going to figure out a way to get through it. We're, we're going to figure it out. I know. It's because we don't have Netflix and they won't give it back. That's what's I coming just... up next week on Chaps TV. I'm Chaps. Wait, Outlander. Oh, yeah. What happened in Outlander this week? Wow. So as you know from last week when we met, uh, you know, Claire and Jamie reunite again. and uh, they... oh, One second. One more. Um, we're out of time, actually. So we're, we'll, I swear, we will get to Outlander next week. Don't worry. We'll hear about Claire and Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. James Fraser. We'll hear about that next week. <sighs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Chops TV is made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you. 